to make a rich, smooth cold brew. Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite, because Tim Hortons tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Good morning and welcome to another week of Here in the Exxon with yours truly Rob McConnell. We're coming to you worldwide from our broadcast center and studios in Ontario. That is in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. And if you'd like to send me an email, the same email address that we've had for 30 years, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And we're coming to you tonight as we do each and every night on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and on Simul TV. Exxon Nation, my guest tonight is a lady we've had on the show before, and she's a very interesting and I must say a very, very unique person. Charlotte King is her name, and she's best known for her accurate predictions of the major eruption of Washington's Mount St. Helens in, on May 18, 1980. Now, she was a mere 12 minutes off. This prediction threw her into the limelight and attracted the attention of scientists and journalists alike. Names like the Human Seismograph and Incredible Ear soon found their way into print, and soon she was seen on network and independent television shows everywhere. Now, doctors as well as the military were perplexed, and they still are perplexed by her unusual ability to hear sounds in the ULF, VLF, and ELF ranges. She began hearing these sounds in the mid-1970s. Uh, Charlotte was tested in four states by the scientific and medical communities, and the test revealed that she could hear in the under 10 hertz range. Further tests revealed specifically below 2 to 7 hertz. Thus was born what doctors and the scientists and people around the world have known her by, the sh- the Charlotte King Effect. Joining me now is Charlotte King. And Charlotte, welcome back to the Exxon. Great having you with us. Hey, thanks, Rob. Thanks for asking me back. Uh, Charlotte, um, for the listeners who may not have heard you the times you were on the show before, tell them a little bit about yourself. How did all of this happen? 
Well, Rob, I was just basically um, sitting reading a book in an afternoon in May back in uh, 1976, mm-hmm. and I began hearing a sound that I couldn't identify. It sounded like a foghorn. And although we lived less than a mile and a half from the river, mm-hmm. first of all, I knew we didn't have foghorn issues on the river. Secondly, in May, it was a beautiful, clear day. Right. And uh, from that point on, that sound has never left. I hear a series of 13 different combinations of foghorns 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, Charlotte, prior to hearing the foghorns, did you have a fall? Were you in an accident? Did you hit your head? Was there a major illness that that you went through? No, there wasn't, Rob. Um, all wow. I can tell you about that is mm-hmm. that back when I was probably two years old or so, my aunt used to tell me that... Um, I would be pick uh, hold a toy or something, and all of a sudden I would just stand stock still and turn my head like I could hear something that they couldn't hear. Mm-hmm. And I would uh, scream and cover my ears if I heard the freight train going through town, if I heard the vacuum, or if I heard water going down the drain. Again, anything of the low-frequency sound. Now, you've been tested by scientists and doctors, and what is their explanation? Well, they really don't have one. Um, Mm -hmm. When they put me in hyperbaric decompression chambers in Seattle, they were quite amazed at my hearing because I could hear the questions that they were asking me outside of the one-quarter-inch thick steel walls, even before they asked asked me the question. I could hear them because there was a tender in in the chamber with me, and he had earphones on, and I could hear them. Through his earphones. Without, a, without actually, yeah, through his earphones. And I was sitting across from him. And then um, also when they put me in the anechoic chambers at Sacramento State University, this is a room considered without echoes. It's mm-hmm. um, got like triple egg crate carton type uh, environment on the inside and you're on suspended tables. And uh, theoretically, if you turn the lights out and make noise, you don't know where it's coming from. And the noise was so loud in there to me because I was, it was acting as a high bypass filter, blocking out all the higher frequency, and all I was getting was low frequency at a much amplified um, level. And I kept hearing a clicking on and off, and we couldn't figure out what it was. And I said, well, it sounds like a relay switch. And then two days later, they found a relay switch that was doing exactly that at a building two buildings away on a furnace. Wow. So, to the best of your knowledge, are you the only person in the world that has this hearing frequency uh, gift? Rob, I don't think so. I think there are hundreds of thousands of people out there that hear what I'm hearing or variations of that sound. Um, As intense or as deep a frequency as I can hear, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But um, I think when the people hear... Uh, hear sounds and they mm-hmm. say, well, I hear it, but I hear, you know, like um, a higher frequency. Right. I think they're hearing exactly what I'm hearing, but they're hearing a harmonic of that same sound. So if I'm hearing 12 hertz, they're hearing 24 or 48 or 84 or whatever. And so it's basically the same, but they're hearing it in their particular um, ability within their own hearing apparatus in their ears. Mine, um, you know, has to do a lot with the cochlea and with the 
the way that you're shaped and all that, I, I do believe that there's a chance for this infrasound mm-hmm. uh, as well as actual physical sound. So how do you cope with the sounds of everyday life? Well, I don't like lo- I don't like anything that's um, high frequency. It bothers me mm-hmm. if it's if it's staticky, anything like that. I don't like it. Um, as far as sleeping and things of that nature, I have the TV or radio on continually, twenty four hours a day. It never goes off. So it's kind of giving you just, a, just some just some background music, right. like like uh, white noise would be. And um, if a uh, these cars go by with these subwoofers in them and stuff. It, it, it literally makes me want to scream. I, I don't do well with low frequency oh at all. Oh, my gosh. Now, when you travel, do you travel on, 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 by plane? And if so, how, do the, how does the, the roar of the engine of many frequencies affect you? Well, that's kind of funny, Rob. I, I travel 99 and 99 and 99% <laughs> Travel is all done in the car. Um, I, 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 have driv- I have been in a train for a three-day period of time when I was tested in Colorado, right. but I wasn't comfortable. Um, I did pass out going oh. into oh um, Greenlee at the highest point in the train, but not for long, just a few seconds. But then um, it was the elevation, I think. But the, um, the biggest thing... For me, is uh, if I were to fly, they told me they cannot pressurize their cabins low enough for me to fly. It would it would burst my eardrums. The same way, if I were to go underwater and swim like I used to, mm-hmm. I can't do that anymore. That's why when they put me in the hyperbaric decompression chambers, they could not seal the doors. They had to leave them partially cracked because it was too much pressure for me when they tried to seal them. But if they left the doors open and there was even a crack, doesn't that doesn't that foil the experiment because the chamber isn't well, then fully? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll rephrase that. Okay. I won't say it's a crack. I'll say that it was they they had it at basic pressure. They couldn't oh, I pressurize. See. Okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. yeah. So how about traveling in the car? The honking of horns, the different sounds that other cars make. That doesn't really bother me too much. Um, I don't like traveling over bridges of any kind. Uh, elevations are okay, or at least they used to be okay, mm-hmm. as long as I'm not close to any volcanoes, and then I don't do so good. Um, one of the doctors that I had who's passed away, Dr. Yatsu, out of Texas, he was chief of neurology at the University of Houston. Mm-hmm. And he told me to stay away from active volcanoes and strong magnetic fields or I would be a permanent basket case or it would kill me. So do you stay away from, uh, for example, if there are certain parts, there are certain areas, even going into the trains now, you have to walk through uh, an electromagnetic sensor in order to pass through security. How do they affect you? Yes. Yes. I don't do that. I, I, I just don't do that. I don't travel by any place except automobile, and so I don't have to deal with that. But but you said before uh, you travel by train. I'm sorry. You said oh, I did, but that was back in 1981. So you don't travel by train anymore. Gotcha. All right, listen, no, you and I have no. to take our first break. Please stand by. And Exo Nation, my guest this hour is Charlotte King. We're talking to Charlotte about her very unique gift. She is known as, oh my gosh, she has, let me see, uh, da 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 
she's known for being like a human seismograph and uh, incredible ears. And the Charlotte King effect is named after her. And we'll talk more about the Charlotte King effect and the predictions of volcanoes and other earth anomalies on the other side of this commercial break. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Exonation Charlotte King is my special guest, and if you'd like to find out more about Charlotte, visit her blog spot at thecharlottekingeffect.com. How many how many Earth anomalies do you feel or hear on any given day? Well, I hear that's kind of hard to say, but basically, I can hear everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's probably over a three, I'll be more likely to pick it up. But based on the the particular sound signature I'm picking up on, coupled with the physical symptom I'm feeling, um, I can probably pick up five, six, seven, eight, fifteen in a day easily. Depend, you know. But it depends. Like I said, if something right. all of a sudden goes active, I'm going to pick it up immediately. So it it's it's a it's kind of a changeable thing. But I would say fifteen minimum a day. And so would you hear these in real time? For example, if you hear something now, is it happening right now? Depending upon if it's a volcano or an earthquake, if there's a change in sound um, and no no specific symptoms are accompanying it, it's probably two to three or four days out. If it all of a sudden has a sound change and I'm getting an a really intense symptom with it, mm-hmm. it's pretty fast, usually three, one to three days or less. Okay, so let me understand this. Not everything is in real time. So how... No, there are some things that are in real time, though. Uh, okay, so how is it that you're able to predict something that yet has, had, that has happened? If, it, if it's not in real time, then it's not happening at that moment. No. And if it's not happening at that moment, the frequencies aren't being generated. So how do you how do you do this? How do you predict it? Well, because the frequencies start out one to three days before the event takes place. They change. And that's what I pick up on is that change in the sounds. And I start monitoring that particular area on the earth on the internet as far as earthquakes and things to see what's happening. Then I start isolating it down with symptoms. And that allows me to kind of get a closer idea of where it's going to hit. Okay, so if I understand it, as soon as the activity starts, this is when you start picking it up. Right, but it doesn't have to be physical activity yet. I'm picking it up before it actually becomes physical activity. Well, I'm picking up the precursor signals. Well, what are causing the precursor signals? There's got to be movement, like if you're taking a branch, a a green branch, Mm -hmm. and you're bending it, it's constantly breaking inside, although it hasn't broke. When it starts bending, that's what I'm picking up as the early signals. And when it snaps, that's the event. 
All right, so what you are hearing is you are hearing the event in real time. Yes, but not not the not the main event. I'm picking up the precursors to the main event. Well, isn't the pre- I, I, isn't I the identify pre- them as precursors? But isn't the precursor in this event actually the event starting? Yes, it is, but it's not the event. Well, because how, you can have second, the precursors, and it could not have a main event. And then a little bit later, another time, it'll come back and do the same thing again. That can happen multiple times before you get a main event. Okay. I'm, I'm having a problem understanding this because you're... Okay, go ahead. If I, let's use the analogy that you used with the branch, okay? The green branch. As okay. you start to bend it, mm-hmm. the fibers on the inside start to break. It loses its viscosity. Right. Okay? Yes. And it is giving out a subfrequency. Or am I understanding this to be the precursor? Right. Okay, the precursor then is actually happening in real time. Yes, the precursor is happening in real time, but the actual main event, the actual quake or eruption or whatever, does not have to take place. It can just kind of go back and kind of go back to sleep again until until it starts doing the same thing again. Okay. It's like... um, Let's see. Oh, let me try to explain it. Um, volcano cycle. Mm-hmm. Earthquakes don't. Okay. So when I would get a harmonic signal before St. Helens eruption, it would come four days before. And then I would get it again at 12, day, 12 hours before. And that went on and on and on for months. But then eventually that particular, but it always came back at the same time. If it was at 10 o'clock, in the morning, and then it was at uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and then it was um, 8 o'clock at night. They, they were cycling. They were, they were almost, like, almost like labor pains. They cycled. And that's what volcanoes do until the main event or the eruption or whatever happens, happens. Earthquakes don't usually cycle that way unless they're related to a volcanism in some way, or sometimes tectonic motion will cause that as well. But mostly it's just volcanism that, that causes the, the events to cycle. But earthquakes themselves, like, for instance, the activity that's happening in um, Turkey right now, mm-hmm. for instance, they're having a lot of activity there. That, um, and that's easy to pick up. That's earaches, that's upper back pain, that's chest pressure, headache, and elbow pain. And... That's, cycle, that's cycling, but not the same way, because it's not coming at specific times. It's just every time there's an earthquake, that's coming up. It shows up. Not the little ones. Mm-hmm. We're talking five and bigger. Those so, are the ones that show up. So we're not talking about you hearing, just hearing these events. You're also feeling them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the feeling started in, seven, in um, June of 1979. Three, three, almost three years after the symptoms started. Any idea what triggered them? Nope. I have no clue. I just know that everything started hurting. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I went to doctors and had a lot of tests. Mm-hmm. Had my heart checked. Had my ears checked. They could find absolutely nothing wrong. All right. So... How many of these events have you been dead on? Oh, golly, dead on? Dead um, on. Probably hundreds. Uh, 
as far as knowing there was going to be one that takes place over a seven, mm-hmm. I haven't missed one since 1989. And I can always tell when they're going to happen. On those particular ones, I can't always tell where they're going to happen because I don't know the frequencies or right. the symbol or the, you know, the signature for every place all over the world. I haven't learned that because I haven't experienced it. I have to experience it to be able to remember it. Once I feel it or, or experience it, then I can remember it. But I, I don't know everywhere. So I can tell, yes, there's going to be a quake. It's going right. to be within seven days. It's going to be a seven or greater. But you, you don't know where it's going to happen. Not though, not not all the time. Sometimes, if those particular areas have had a lot of quake activity, mm-hmm. and I'm already picking up symptoms or things for that area, then I'll know. But you know, like when the Japan quake hit, or when the Indonesia quake hit, or the Chile quake hit, right. those were really simple. Those are really simple. But um, but not all of them are so are so simple like that. There's a lot of them I don't know. I wish I did, but I don't. So, what do you do with the information once you receive it? Well, it depends on where it's at and how many people are, I feel will be affected or if it's mm-hmm. going to be an area where it won't affect too many people. Uh, for a while, I was sharing the information with a couple of scientists in Alaska, and that worked out pretty well. But then that changed when they retired. So uh, I have a, there's a geologist in um, Wyoming that gets, I forward all my predictions to him. And he's keeping, kind of keeping track of them. Okay, so let and, me let uh, me let me takes, ask you this: if you if you if your gift is so exact, how come you you don't share the information with the media? You don't share the information with the uh, with the government officials? Wouldn't they be interested in having having this tool at their Bob, Honestly, they don't care. Seriously, they don't care. Uh, back in 1980, with St. Mm-hmm. Helens and things, it was a whole different thing. I could pick up the phone and call any radio or TV network and talk to them. They knew who I was. Right. I could call UPI AP, and AP. They would talk to me. I could call the airport. I could call uh, FEMA. I could call anybody. They don't They don't care anymore. Why? I mean, basically, they say, okay, I don't know why. They just don't, you know, they don't listen. I mean, I can't say they don't listen. Let's just say they have other things they'd rather be doing. They just don't want to get involved in it. But if you can save lives... Um, well, Isn't yeah, that but being... they, like they told they told me, okay, so let's say there's going to be a let's say just for just for instance, okay. there's going to be a major quake in a in a major city, mm-hmm. and you call us and we tell everybody, and then let's say there is a quake, but let's say it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be, and they said more people could be injured in trying to leave panic. the city than could have been hap- could have been injured in the quake. The panic, so they don't want to take yeah. that risk. The panic factor. Yeah. Exactly. Uh huh. Exactly. I notify people through my email mm-hmm. that is that is a free subscription group. I notify people in an area. If I know that there is a particular area to watch, I will notify them and tell them, let their friends know, let everybody know. And that's really all I can do. Um, it's, not a, it's not an easy thing. Um, some of these major quakes we've had that have killed thousands and thousands of people mm-hmm. that I knew about, it was really hard because I was trying to get people oh, to listen, gosh. and they wouldn't listen. Well, we're going to listen to you, and when we come back from this news break, please stand by, and uh, thank you for what you do, Charlotte. There's many of us who appreciate the work you do. Exonation, I'll be back on the other side of this break with the news with my special guest this hour, Charlotte King, and if you'd like more information about Charlotte, if you would like to um, 
If you would like to visit her blog, it is thecharlottekingeffect.com. And Charlotte and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Charlotte King is my guest this hour, www.thecharlottekingeffect.com. Charlotte, I remember the last time when you were with us uh, a few years ago, you were telling us how animals can also predict um, earthquakes, volcanoes, and such. Can you explain that to our audience? Well, they're basically um, just just like we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pick these things up, especially bears and um, whales, dolphins, um uh, large cats, um, and elephants. Wow. And uh, they they react in ways that, I guess, animals react. They panic. Uh, a lot of times before large earthquakes in the, um, in the Sierras or places of that nature, you'll hear about um, coyotes or cougars and things coming into town, lots of them, people Mm. sighting them all over because they're being forced out of their area because they're uncomfortable. And um, in Russia back many years ago in the 60s, I believe it was, there was a lot of volcanic activity that was killing a lot of the villagers in certain areas. And they noticed the bears were never injured. They always got up and left. And so they started watching the the bears and when the bears would get up even during hibernation and leave the area they went they went as well the villagers and they never lost any more people with earthquakes because the bears were giving them that warning they needed mm. um whales and dolphins i believe totally feel these things before they happen uh before any of the really major quakes there's been multiple beachings of whales or dolphins on the different beaches around the world and they usually beach, oh, one to three days before the event takes place. How much? And, um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, you know, we're talking about animals. And aren't children very susceptible to the same frequencies and the same emotions and the same feelings that you feel prior to these events? I think they are. I think um, back when I was first starting with St. Helens back mm-hmm. in 1980, um, my daughter was quite young, and she would have really bad headaches some mornings oh and go to school, and I would call the school to tell them. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, that's okay, half of her class is home with headaches. So they were picking it up as well. And um, But then I think either they grow out of it a little bit or they learn to take it in stride, perhaps like I did when I was two. The sound just sort of was still there, there all the time, and I just ignored it. And um, it finally came back for whatever reason. I have no clue. But children do definitely react to these things, um, especially 
oh, probably four to six years old, four to eight years old, somewhere in that range. I've had a lot of people contact me that their their little ones are reacting to these events. Do certain foods affect the sensitivity or let's say, gosh forbid, you've got to go to the doctor and he prescribes some medicine. Does that affect the the intensity of these uh, feelings that you get? Um. As far as actual prescriptions for mm-hmm. antibiotics yeah. or other kind of medications, I don't know. Um, at this point in time, I'm fortunate not to have to take anything. Um, but for a while, they had me on some painkillers because the pain was so intense that I couldn't handle it uh, when I was living in California for a few years because I was too close to the Sierras. Right. And every yeah. time the Sierras would act up, I'd be in the hospital there oh, in California. And but I, um, I don't take anything. There are some across-the-counter things I use that mm-hmm. seem to help and help me and other people. But uh, even with across-the-counter products, I always recommend that they check with the doctor to make sure that there's no danger to them personally. Um, but um, I know myself and many others who are biologically sensitive, we take um, medication for dizziness or disorientation which is like antivert or other names like meclizine or or such as that, and that does help. So it sounds like it's also the same. Totally, it, it sounds like it's the exact same medicine that people take for tinnitus. Um, well, it could be. I don't know. I've never I've never looked into that. Hmm. I just know that when I take it, my I can balance myself better. My my brain is working better. Right. My ears are working better. And I can cope better on a daily basis. But that, that's only taken when there's volcanic activity going on or when chili is stirring. Then I have to take that particular um, across-the-counter supplement. Um, and then the other one is if the solar activity is really picking up, mm-hmm. I take lepicin. And lepicin, again, is an across-the-counter. It's a B-type vitamin. It's um, safe for most people. And uh, it's... Um, it does help because it's used for gallbladder attacks, and it's the gallbladder area that reacts to the solar activity. How do you feel once the activity is over? Does it, does, does it feel like, I hate to use this expression, but does it feel like a pimple popping and all that pressure is relief, released from inside you? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. a good analogy. Yeah, it kind of does. It's, it, it really... It really doesn't totally stop right. if there's still activity going on because there's always something happening somewhere. But for that particular event, yes, it does help. It my, does. And I, I do feel better when it's over. My good God, um, woman, how do you get any peace? It hasn't been easy. I mean, all kidding aside, it hasn't been easy. I mean, this is this has been a journey of 39 years, and it's not easy. You know, God bless you. It's and, nice that you have this ability, but it's taking a toll on you. Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. Sure. And, I, and But, you know, it's, I guess I'll have to say it's better than the alternative. <laughs> thank, thank goodness you're still with us, because I, for one, would miss you. Uh, oh, thanks, Rob. So, do you do you think this is a curse or a gift? I've actually cursed it a few times, but uh, I think it is a gift. Uh, not the gift in the sense of having it, but mm-hmm. the gift in being able to put it together. Right. My the ability to do this 
isn't unique at all. I don't feel it's unique. I never have felt it was unique. The unique part, part of what I do was being able to put it together and figure out what it meant. I look at patterns. I put things together. Yeah. I see things maybe differently than other people do, which allows me to observe different sequences of events that lead up to other events. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it still boggles my mind that people do not take you serious. I, I, I know they take you serious. I, I said that wrong. But to know that you have this ability that could save lives, that could save insurance companies millions upon millions of dollars, help the government, help FEMA, pre emergency preparedness, and my goodness, you're giving them a gift and they're just saying no thanks because we don't want to take the risk that you might be wrong. But what happens well, all the times they, you're right? Doesn't that well, count? I know, but, it, but the thing is, Rob, that we're not in the same environment we were in back in 1980. Things are different. They look at things differently. They look more at the um, being sued yeah. or, you know, things like that. I have a contact in Italy who's recently made contact with me and he's he's fairly accurate on what he does but he doesn't do it this way and his his country's threatening to sue him for oh making earthquake predictions and he's terrified and you know he doesn't know what to do because he he knows they're going to happen and there's nothing he can do about it because they won't listen to him what will it take before people start list and I don't mean I don't mean the public because unless the government and the media gets behind you, the public, unless they're fortunate enough to listen to the shows that you're on or get a, get your email blasts, they won't know. But what do you think no. it'll take before the, 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 the media and, and the government get back on the bandwagon and use your gift and the gift of others in order to make this a safer and better place for everyone? Yeah, well, you know, back in back in 1980, 81, yeah. the state of California contacted me and they asked me to call in all my predictions for California um, collect because I was, of course, in Oregon and we didn't have cell phone activity, so we couldn't call for free. Okay. And uh, they logged all my calls there at the warning center in Sacramento mm -hmm. and they paid attention to them. And uh, the same way with the water resources, they, they also logged my calls. They would never do that in, again. Not in not in a hundred years, they would let someone call in and do that. It's just a different a different environment now. It's a different policy. Let it's me ask you. Let me ask you uh, something. How come? How come? Looking back at the eighties, everything has changed to now. Except you and I are at the same age. How come? How come we stayed young? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess. <laughs> I I think. Um, we reached a point where, well, you know, the last of the baby boomers, yeah. we have a different mentality about this stuff. We, uh, we had a different upbringing. And I'm not saying that the younger people don't care or they don't care as much or the media doesn't care or they don't care as much. It was just that we were brought up in a different time. That's all I can say. That's making, that's making me sad because, I, you know, now I understand... And I was talking to my wife the other day, and I said, I can remember my mom and dad saying, talking about the good old days, and I'd say, what are you talking about? Yep. The good old? I know what they mean now. 
Charlotte, you and yeah, I have to. That's right. <laughs> now we are in the good old days. You and I have to take our final break uh, for this hour. Please stand by, my dear. And explanation if you'd like more information about our guest this hour. If you'd like to, if you'd like to get onto her mailing list and share the news with your friends, your family, your loved ones, go to her website, the Charlotte King Effect. Com. And Charlotte and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Talk away. Welcome back to the Exxon. Uh, before I get back to my guest this hour, uh, Charlotte King, I was just passed a note uh, by our news department. Uh, Korea, uh, South Korea becomes the biggest coronavirus center outside of China. And the, uh, the coronavirus now challenges a $45 billion cruise industry. Now, in the, in the X-Chronicles newspaper, the new edition that's being released yeah. this Wednesday... Cal Korf has written a, an expose on on the causes, the true cause of the coronavirus. And you know Cal, he doesn't pull any punches. It's on page 53, and that will be on, in the X Chronicles newspaper, the new edition that comes out this coming Wednesday at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. My guest this hour, the one and only Charlotte King. And if you'd like to find out more about Charlotte, her uh, website is thecharlottekingeffect.com. First of all, Charlotte, like I was telling you during the commercial break, I appreciate the work you do. It bothers me that it takes a toll on you and that the powers to be, those who have the ability to spread the news far and wide because of whatever reason, makes no sense to me when it comes to saving lives and saving property, why they will not do it. I appreciate the work you do, and I saw, and I know that everyone who knows about you, who reads your blog, who reads your emails, that they appreciate you. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. Um, I remember talking to you about the popcorn connection. How does that work? <laughs> well, the popcorn connection is kind of strange. We found, I found this out several years ago before mm-hmm. our quake in Oregon in 1993 and also the other major quakes after that. And that's most sensitive people, or I'll call sensitives for short, mm-hmm. will find they crave corn products before a big earthquake. Really? And it, it's very strange, but they do. And that's because I believe anyway, mm-hmm. the, the corn in popcorn or corn chips or whatever it has choline in it. Choline's a B vitamin, and you need B vitamins in particular choline for your in your brain for clear oh. thinking. And so I think your body's saying, I'm getting all scrambled. I need to think more clearly. What do I want? I want corn. I mean, I've literally gotten up in the middle of the night and made popcorn at 2 or 3 or 4 in the morning. I have a friend that's gotten up and opened a can of corn and hmm. sat there with a spoon and ate it out of the can in the middle of the night before they went back to bed. 
Well, I I, I enjoy I enjoy popcorn just like you do, and I en- I like your friend. I will open up a can of corn, put it in a a, a pan, warm it up on the on the stove, and just add tons of butter with salt. And I love it like that. But yeah. I must tell you, I don't do that before yeah. I go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Well, we yeah. do this in the middle of the night. My usually. goodness. And another thing that we have found is that mm-hmm. people crave high carbs and high sweets before a big earthquake. Now, and that's, that's something I found in the last few years with many, many sensitives. Now, that is very and interesting. We all, we all crave that. So, is, the, is there any reason that you know or that you've learned that could account for the cravings? No, the popcorn, as I said, I think that's part of what the body requires for certain ways that the body reacts to things. The carbs and the mm-hmm. sugar, not sure. Uh, unless we just, our body needs that hit of energy and it, it knows it needs that energy. It's going to need that for fight or flight and it, it wants the sugar or the carbs. That's the only thing I can figure out. You see, what, what, another thing I love about you is you don't second guess yourself. If you feel that you need to have the corn or whatever, you do it. So many people that I know, and I'm one of them, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I'm one of them, would doubt, well, is it, do I really want to eat it? It, it, does it? Is it going to make a difference? Should I eat before I go to bed? Are we second-guessing ourselves a, as humans too much? I think so, yeah. I think so, to some degree. I'll get up sometimes at 7 in the morning mm-hmm. when I get up in the morning and get my husband's medications and all that stuff together, and... I'll have his breakfast for him, and the yeah. next thing I know, I'm over there making popcorn because I want popcorn for breakfast. That's all I want. Son of a gun. How's your and husband? I know. Okay, something's up. How's your husband doing, by the way? Oh, he's all right. He's still, you know, he's still hanging in there, and he's doing okay. He's had a heart attack this last year. Oh, so God that bless him. We're kind of, you know, watching that. But other than that, he's doing well. How does what and he you... does pick up some of these symptoms. I was, doesn't help. I was just going to ask you, if, if, if he through osmosis or whatever the, your lifestyle is he is he's also picking up these 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 feelings uh, he does the thing that gets me the most intrigued is the fact that all of a sudden now the clear blue instead of his normal snack in the afternoon mm-hmm. he'll say i want popcorn today and i'll say okay <laughs> so then i know that he's picking it up as well how can people tune themselves into what you're doing well, I think you just have to be aware of what your body's telling you and, and pay attention to it, mostly. Uh, if you have a certain pain, like severe headaches or mm-hmm. earaches or whatever, be sure to always get them checked out medically. I did yeah. more than once. But if there's no medical reason for this, what I did originally was I took a calendar with the squares in it that are open, mm-hmm. and I wrote down a symptom. And then three days later, I watched for an earthquake, and the symptoms stopped. And that's when I'd write the location down. And I did this for months and months and months. And I was able to identify certain symptoms with certain locations. And that's how I put it together. Wow. That, that is very interesting. That truly is. Now, do you, I, I believe you have children, right? Yes, I do. I have three. Do they also have your gift or your curse, however we want to um, call it? Your ability? One of them one of them did one time that I'm aware of mm-hmm. and my daughter when she was young definitely she did. And but she's pretty much either taken it into her, you know, internally and doesn't mm-hmm. react to it or she just 
ignores it. I don't know which. Do you... But um, but not not I have no issue with All the right. children at this point with as far as any of them having any symptoms. Do you have the ability to turn your gift on and off? No, I no, wish I... I did, but I do not. Hmm. Uh, they have found nothing on this planet that can block the low frequency signals that I am picking up on. How does the there how does isn't anything? How does the microwaves? that are used for cell telephones affect you now, and especially now well, with the new, the, the new 5G that's coming out. 5G? Yeah. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, microwaves, per se, no. Not too much trouble. Mm-hmm. The 5G, that's a whole nother ball game. Uh, we have three towers within two miles of us. Right. And they're all broadcasting 5G now because of that particular carrier we are on. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I can be driving by there, and all of a sudden, I'll get a real sharp pain in my head, and my phone Ooh. will turn off. That's no so fun. I know it's affecting myself, and um, it's affecting other things. And there's a lot of the jury's not in on it by any means, but I think it's very, very dangerous for animals and insects, fish, anything yeah. that migrates. How about the bees, wind? Especially bees. How about the wind towers? They, well, if I'm, yeah, I can hear the change in the wind, mm-hmm. you know, right. and that, that affects my hearing like, um, oh, probably like it reacts to me like being on the beach. Uh, if I'm on the beach and I get cold air in my ears, mm-hmm. I'll lose my sense of balance within five minutes. I can't walk straight at all. I'm, I just stumble all over the place. My, I can't take a change in, in my pressure in my ears. Does the barometric pressure also affect you? Yes, it does. I'll get headaches, real bad headaches. If the lower the pressure, the more headache there there is with that. Um, so you're a walking barometer. Areas, go ahead. I'm sorry. I said you're a walking barometer. Well, yeah, I suppose <laughs> that would probably probably cover it. I suppose that would be one thing. One of the things, Rob, if I have time, I'd like to mention sure. is the, the chili connection. Please do. And I, I, I mention this because it's something that affects so many people and you aren't aware of it. If all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're angry for no apparent reason mm-hmm. and you want to throw things or yell at people or whatever, um, we found over time, and I'm talking years and years of, re- of checking on this, people that are affected by the chili, con- uh, the chili connection, uh, they have headaches, the vertigo, pain on the left side of the face and the eye, uh, neuralgia, but emotionally is what the problem is. It causes domestic violence increases. Suicides increase, shootings, murders increase. Uh, the timing, not the event, but the timing of terrorist attacks is is part of that. And road you, you, rage, especially you know what? road rage. Do you know what? We're going to have to have you back on because we're nearly out of time. We have to have you back on soon so we can talk about this because I believe what we're going to be talking about is very important and I don't want to cut it short. So would you come back and visit us okay. very very soon? Oh, soon. Anytime. All right, Charlotte. Charlotte, take care of yourself. Thank you very much for what you do. Keep on sending those letters out. And like I said, if you need to get a hold of me, I'm going to give you a special way to do it. If there's something important that you believe in your heart of hearts that the public needs to know, I'll get it out there for you. Okay. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate that very much. Charlotte, take care of yourself and thank you so much for what you do. Okay, you too. Good night now. And Exonation, once again, if you'd like to contact Charlotte, if you'd like to um, 
find out more about Charlotte, visit her website, thecharlottekingeffect.com. And on Charlotte's uh, summary of this interview, I will put her email address as well as her phone number because she welcomes people from around the world to contact her, share the information, and who knows, maybe we can save a few lives working together. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. I'll be back on the other side of the news as we continue from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Have a great week, everyone. This is day one. Day one.